Hey everyone, welcome back to Facially Conscious with myself, Trina Renee, esthetician, Dr. Vicki Rappaport, dermatologist, Rebecca Gadbury, the cosmetic ingredient guru, and our fabulous, overly educated consumer, Julie Falls. We are gathered here together with you to talk about this crazy world of aesthetics. It's confusing out there in this big, wide world. That's why we're here to help explain it to you all, subject by subject. We will be your go-to girls, and from our perspective, without giving medical advice, we will keep things facially conscious. Let's get started. Well, good afternoon, ladies. Welcome to another Saturday morning. <laughs> good afternoon, everybody. Good afternoon. Are we in afternoon already? We are. We Did are you guys notice how afternoon. we didn't have to do the COVID protocol when we walked in today? <gasps> oh, that's, that's right. right. It's almost as if I we forgot didn't. about COVID. Well, I did the. Oh no! I no, thought you I didn't did have it, to fill but out I just signed in. Yeah, but no temperature yeah. taking. Which no is temperature kind of taking. No signing of papers. Well, how are we going to know if we're healthy or not? Uh, I think you'll <laughs> feel it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. The other day, I I thought I was like having some air in my head, and um, <laughs> and I took a COVID test because I just you just don't know. I mean, yeah. but I don't have COVID. Thank God. Was it one of those free COVID tests that the government sent you? Yeah. Oh, I made use of it. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. You and use ours. It's like looking at a pregnancy test. You know, you just look until the line comes or it doesn't come. And it can be life-changing if the line is the... <laughs> Wrong line. Too many Wrong lines. Line. Too many lines. <laughs> yep. Not as life-changing as a child. Well. Some people, maybe. Some people, yeah. Well, that, that that's nice to though. know that we are <laughs> we are on the other side of COVID. I hope to God, praying. Um, so today's episode is on preservatives and product longevity. And a while back, a few episodes back, um, in a quick second, Rebecca twisted me all up because she said, "Once I open my product, it's not good for very long." And so I, I wanted to have an episode on that and it does, we don't have to talk for a long time about it, but I just want to talk about that because I think it's important that people know because a lot of people have products in their bedroom, in their cabinets that have been sitting there for years and used, you know, not brand new products. So when are we supposed to throw away our products and how long do preservatives actually last? And, um, and should and we be refrigerating everything? Does that help? Well, you don't have to go that far. Okay. There are but does some, it help if you do refrigerate? It can help depending upon the product and the product line. Like there are some uh, product lines out there like Lush mm -hmm. uh, that are actually, from what I understand, uh, regulated like food. Uh, because they don't have preservatives, so you need to refrigerate those. And they have mm -hmm. a predetermined shelf life uh, or pre-measured shelf life that, uh, just like a food, will go bad after a certain length of time. Right, but if I put, like, a Neutrogena in the refrigerator, is that going to make it last longer? Could it? Probably not. Neutrogena is... 
you happen to pick one of the most interesting lines for preservatives in the United States or in the world. Wow. <laughs> because the gentleman who was the authority on pre preservation in the world, he actually wrote the book on preservation called uh, Antimicrobial Preservation or something like that. Uh -huh. His name is Dr. Don Orth. He was in charge of preservation at Neutrogena. Interesting. So he developed, he not only did a lot of research on the safety and, eff and effectiveness of preservatives, he helped develop new technologies to reduce the amount of preservatives while making the products even safer and last longer. Hmm. So Neutrogena is an interesting pick. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't pick, I just picked one that I thought everybody would know, but I'm just wondering if we all need little refrigerators in our bathroom counters. Those are becoming popular. I know. <laughs> yeah, those are becoming popular. But and will, will it really make my products last longer? It depends upon the product. And so if they're using a limited number of preservatives or they, uh, the company, when I say they, uh, or if they've determined that you need or refrigeration and they suggest that you keep one of those refrigerators, then yes. But will it help in general, overall? Probably not, hmm. simply because you can have food go bad in the refrigerator, so you can have product go bad in the refrigerator if it's not properly preserved. Right. Now, going into the history of preservation, of cosmetic preservation in this country, in the 1930s, there were either six or eight cases of blindness that happened in the general public, in consumers, uh, during the 1930s, and that caused the uh, Congress, um, the U.S. Congress, to bring cosmetics into the Food and Drug Act and, and created a new act called the Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act of 1938. And that's where they defined cosmetics. And they also said that any cosmetic that is adulterated meaning that it's oxidized or turned brown or it's growing bugs in it, as some people call them. I call them microbes. They're bacteria, yeast, mold, viruses, and fungus. There's over 40 different types that can grow in your product. If any of those Ew. are in there, it's illegal to sell the product. Oh, God, I so, hope so. As, a, <laughs> as an act of Congress. So that's why we have preservatives. We have to have preservatives in our product. And if they don't, if they're not in there, they're not regulated as cosmetics are regulated as food, as I was saying. So wait, did people go blind? Is that where you were laughing? Because <laughs> everything scares me. It's Let's certainly not blind. something to laugh at when you see somebody. But right. in our previous uh, episode before you got here, ev everything we talked about, Trina, worst case scenario <laughs> woman, is always worried about blindness. And so I couldn't help she laughing. She should be. So then when yeah, you said yeah. it caused blindness, I was like, wait, back right. up. Really? What, it I really can, I can go blindness blind in my, this case. Do we products? know what, what the chemical was? Do you know what the chemical was that caused the blindness? Uh, or the... I think it was Pseudomonas aeruginosa, oh, but I'm not sure. It's a bacteria that lives in the bathroom where you use your products. Yeah, bacteria is everywhere. And there's also E. coli that lives in the bathroom. And if you, you know, what do you do when you get up in the morning before you start doing your face? You get up, you go to the bathroom, and then probably don't wash your hands because nobody's watching. And you start <laughs> using your products hands, if you took a shower the night before or you use them in the shower and then you go back. But you're going to be taking your fingers 
probably don't go to an esthetician, probably don't use a spatula, dip your fingers in there, and we call that inoculation. You've got bacteria, mold, yeast, fungus, or viruses on your fingertips. You put them in the product, you dip them in there, and you basically inoculate the product with something that you've got on your hands, and then they grow like a Petri dish in the product. Think about this. (laughs) Think about this. This is what I say to my students at UCLA Uh who who say, I don't want any preservatives in my product. I don't want to design products with preservatives. You go to the grocery store. You get proteins like uh, salmon and chicken and maybe beef, eggs. Um, You get greens, kale, herbs. You get uh, maybe milk. We use all of those things in cosmetics and skincare. And so we come home, you come home, and of course, because you don't want any preservatives, you're going to just leave them on the counter. And in three months, you're going to expect to go back and be able to eat that salmon and use that mayonnaise and... (laughs) Eat that egg, right? (laughs) Right? That's what you'll do, right? Because it's safe. It's just like cosmetics. Cosmetics aren't safe either. We use the same things in there. We use proteins and peptides and egg whites and and lecithin that's used in egg yolk. We use herbs. We use all sorts of things in there. And, of course, they're going to play host to the bugs that can grow in our products, And yet we expect not to use preservatives. We expect some kind of utopia where we're going to automatically be protected. That's, excuse me, as a chemist, I'm going to be insulting to people, but that is ridiculous. Well, and there's no reason why you wouldn't want preservatives. They think that they're harmful and these disruptors of... They kill bugs. Yeah, but why 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 are they so short-sighted to think that preservatives are bad? Because they've been told they're bad for generations. And that's part of the problem is people don't understand the difference between a bacterial cell and a human cell. A bacterial cell is what we call prokaryotic cell. And it is structured completely differently with its DNA, multiple copies of DNA just hanging out inside the cell. It's not protected by a nucleus, nothing. And then we go over to a human cell called a eukaryotic cell, and that's an animal cell. And those cells are structured completely differently. They're not going to be affected by the preservatives. And so why are we worried about it in the first place? Because preservatives kill things. I actually had a president and founder of a major natural uh, cosmetic company back in the 1980s tell me he will not put preservatives in any of his products because they kill things. I said, they kill bacteria, mold, yeast, virus, (laughs) and, and fungus. Well, that's living, and I will not kill it. Wow. So then I'm talking to a vendor that we both use, and I find out that one of the major groups of preservatives, parabens, he's having put in some of his natural ingredients at higher levels so he doesn't have to put it on the label. So he was still preserving. He wasn't just, he just wasn't telling people oh, that is he illegal. He was hiding it. He was oh, hiding it. Scumbag. And I'm not going to share the name of the company, but he's dead and the company is out of business. Mm. Okay. And he died before the company went out of business, not the other way around. <laughs> because he got sick from not putting preservatives in his Who products. Knows? <laughs> Who knows? But all I'm going to say here is if you are using a product without preservatives, don't. 
or put it in the refrigerator, and they'll last about the same time as a food would last. I mean, we had this on another episode we did. I mean, there's just this trend out there that, and and it's really like a misinformation. That yeah. People, are, there's websites, there's products, and you know, right. it's so interesting, and it just it makes sense. Yeah, you know? I mean, doesn't it? Yeah, if you think about it. Yeah. So the preservatives that we use, we're cosmetic companies don't want to go out and damage our customers because then you'll sue us and our insurance will go up. So that's not a good business model. We don't want to go out and kill our customers. Cosmetic companies spend way too much money to get customers to kill them. <laughs> so and then their families will sue us. So why would we do that? It 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 is more logical and it's a better business model to find better and safer and more effective preservatives that we can use in less quantity. And that's what we've been doing over so, the last 25 30 years. So um Here's a question. So if you have a jar <laughs> that you're sticking your fingers into, right. do you have to have more preservatives in that product than in a product that you're doing in a pump? Yes. Because of the finger Depending sticking. upon how that pump is working. Uh-huh. So if it is a pump that has what we call a little bladder in it, inside the bottle, there's like a little rubber bladder that goes down into the bottle. Mm-hmm. and the bladder is filled in a clean room, you can actually not have preservatives in that kind of a container. And it just, when you pump it out, the pump seals at the at the base of where uh, it hits the container, and there's no air, there's no microbes or anything that'll get to it. Those are very difficult to find. They're more popular in Europe than they are in the United States. Then you have an airless pump, that's where the bottom of the bottle rises as you use the product, like in a toothpaste tube. Okay? Mm-hmm. And that's where we don't have any what we call headspace or air that's available at the top of the container. That headspace is where microbes live. And it also is where oxygen is. So the oxygen can cause changes in your product. Uh, can cause a film to form over it, can cause smell changes, ingredients go rancid or they become ineffective. So you want to have no headspace. So you want to use a pump that's called an airless pump Mm -hmm. that rises from the bottle. Those are really popular in the United States. Mm -hmm. You use less preservatives, but you don't skip the preservatives. Mm -hmm. And then there's just a regular pump where you have the airspace and that will need more preservatives. It will also need ingredients to help keep the product fresh, what I call freshness preservatives. Now, we've talked about antioxidants for the skin before, but we haven't talked about antioxidants for the container, for the product. And the product needs antioxidants, just like the skin does, to keep the product fresh. So the more oils that you have in there, especially oils like hemp oil, or barrage oil, or sunflower, or safflower oil, any of those types of oils, we want to keep them fresh and out of the way of being affected by oxygen or oxidation. So anytime you have headspace and you have these oils, you need antioxidants, and some of those are vitamin E or tocopherol. It ends in O-L. If it ends in Y-L, tocopherol is for the skin. If it ends in O-L, it's for the container. It's for the product. Mm. Okay. And those, most products have tocopherol in them as yes. a 
preservative. As a preservative. And, yeah. You might see retinal palmitate in there with the tocopherol, mm-hmm. and that is for the, con- the product as well. And that's usually at the bottom of the ingredient yeah, list, right? probably the last third. Yeah. Yeah. All the preservatives are usually at the bottom of the ingredient list, right? Well, it depends on whether somebody is putting in less than functional ingredients on a lot of these performance ingredients because parabens aren't really used by professional lines anymore, but they are used in mainstream. Parabens are absolutely safe, by the way, and we'll talk about that in the episode where we just talk about ingredients, Mm -hmm. about why preservatives are safe and how we know that. Mm -hmm. But if you've got parabens, uh, the second part of the word ends in paraben, P-A-R-A-B-E-N, if you have parabens in the product, they're going to total as a group, and you should have probably between two and three parabens in the product for effective preservation. They're going to total 1%. Well, where we hit 1% in a pro, in an ingredient list, we can list after that any order that we want to legally. So once you hit 1%, uh, you can list them in any order. If you see paraben in the middle and then you see ingredients after that, those are all in there at less than 1%. Meaning they don't do much? They're in it there depends for... on the ingredient. Like hyaluronic acid, you could put it in at half a percent, and it's going to be really effective. Mm. So you're not going to worry about that. But glycerin, you're going to want to see, like we were talking about in other episodes, towards the top of the list. You don't really want to see that after paraben. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, basically, when the FDA-approved products shelf life, um, they approve it for like a year, right? FDA doesn't approve shelf life. So who does that? The company does. So your company can say it has a five-year shelf life and they're allowed to do that? Yeah, as long as we've done the tests. There's no kind of standards that you have to meet? There is not a standard. So the longer a company thinks that the product's going to remain on the shelf, Mm -hmm. the longer the shelf life test needs to be. There are companies that turn products every six months or every three months, so your shelf life would not be as long. So if you, and let me see if I've got my laws correct here, but if I say my product has a three-year shelf life, if I don't prove that it has a three-year shelf life, that could be a form of misadvertising. Mm-hmm. Okay. But who's going to get you? FTC, the Federal Trade Commission. And but only if so only if somebody a, proves that their product went bad in the three before the three years. Right. Now, if you're working with something called an over-the-counter drug, these are drugs that have activity in the skin, but they aren't prescription, like a sunscreen or an acne preparation. We do have to have. Uh, expiration dates on the container. It's usually on the bottom of the container or Mm -hmm. uh, the lower half of the back panel. And those legally, because of the -the over-the-counter drug regulations, which are different than cosmetic regulations, do have to exist. Uh, With some of the lines that I've worked with, we have guaranteed as the manufacturer uh, that uh, we will guarantee a year or two shelf life depending upon the product. Well, and, I, I remember everybody saying like, oh, it's a year shelf life. All products are a year shelf life. And then all of a sudden, one day, a few years ago, it started being two years. I, people were going, oh, 
our products are a two-year shelf life. Right. When did, how did that change? But I didn't know people could say whatever they want. They have to test it. Well, do they? You have to test it. Well, you don't have to. You should test it. Mm -hmm. So it's a voluntary thing, like a lot of things in the cosmetic industry, which is why consumer groups are having problems with the cosmetic industry. Because, and they think of the big companies as cheating, but a lot of times it's the smaller companies who don't do the tests but make the claims. Whereas the larger companies, because they're bigger targets, are going to do the tests. Mm -hmm. So Maybelline is one of the most highly tested product lines in the world because they're also one of the largest. And another thing I wanted to add before I get go go to another area here. I want to give a, uh, a warning about um, ma mascara. So when we get to protecting the life of your products, please help me remember mascara because okay. I haven't written it down. And also, why would you want your product to last two years? You're supposed to be using it, right? <laughs> well, I you feel know like what you do, true. you open it, you use it for a week, and then you stick it in, you know, in the bottom yeah. under the sink. And then you because rotate with many, a million other things. We have way too many yeah. products. I'm yeah. such a fan of, like, doing one or two things at a time. and Because yeah. right? then you just get the most out of that product. You're yeah. not exactly. going to get improvement of whatever you're trying to improve, brightening the skin or wrinkles or whatever, if you literally use it for one week. You're right. And we're just yeah. like that. We're so impatient. Right. Yes. Or we go to one of these big warehouse stores, you know, where you, you go in and, oh, well, there's 24 ounces and I'll save money. Uh, <laughs> so I buy that and then I expect it to last for two years. Well, once you open the container, which is where we started with all of this, you have contaminated the product. Yeah. Think about where you use your products. Do you use them in the living room? No. Do you use them in the bedroom? Yes. Okay, you use them in the bedroom. <laughs> is your bedroom attached to a bathroom? Yes. Okay, do you use them in the bathroom? Yes. Where is the most highly contaminated part of your house as far as the toilet microbes are concerned? The sink. The toilet, the sink, the shower. Gross. Right? Yeah. Clean your showers, people. And it's in the air. It's in the air. And if you have plants in there, they probably have mold or fungus. So you take the top off your, your container, your jar, wide mouth jar, open it up. You should be setting the top of the jar down on the counter, letting the downside of the jar face up. Otherwise, you're putting the downside of the jar down on the contaminated counter, and it's picking up stuff that's on the counter. I learned that in a statistician school. You did? I did. And so when I see people the turning money. the, taking the lids and putting yes. them face down, I'm like, oh, God, that's disgusting. Well, that's what a good esthetician does, is she trains or he trains her, their clients. Yes, I do. On how to do this. <laughs> but it just right? seems counterintuitive. I mean, I just, of course, would do oh, that. Yeah, I've seen you would people go like this, right? do that. Yeah. But people do this. Oh, I don't <laughs> understand. Okay, that. Trina is taking a cap and turning it over <laughs> on the her, table from for those of you who drinks. can't see. Yeah, and so now I'm not going to put it back on my drink anymore. Don't put it back on your drink. No. Okay, so go back to so what I'm saying the is mold that in the bathroom. Even if your fingers aren't dipping into it, you have, one, contaminated the product when you take the lid off and then you've got on the lid and then you've got the product itself where spores can land on the top of the product. Is anybody grossed out yet? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so so never open a product again? Never open a product unless you have a clean room to walk into. And I'm 
totally <laughs> ridiculous. But that's why we want to use effective preservatives. Because the preservatives fight off those spores that just landed on top of your product? What they do is, it's called a kill rate. And what we do is we make the product, we put in, when, when you are formulating the product correctly, this is what a good cosmetic chemist does, is that we take the preservatives and we um, take different levels of a variety of preservatives and we use what we call a concert of preservatives because no one preservative kills all the different types of mold, yeast, virus, bacteria, and fungus. So you need to have several preservatives in there. So we will put different levels of various preservatives in the product and then we inoculate it just like you do at home in your bathroom. Mm. And we take the different kind of microbes and we put it into each product. And then we see how long it takes to grow and then to kill or to reduce the growth. So we don't actually kill the microbes. It acts as a birth control device to prevent the microbes from giving birth. So once it's inoculated, (laughs) or from multiplying, once it's inoculated um, uh, with or once it's contaminated, then the preservatives go into effect and prevent more contamination from occurring by spreading through your product. Awesome. (laughs) Well, I'm glad that you guys do that and help us not have moldy faces. Um, So it's not just that. It's not just moldy faces, but let's say you've got acne or you've got an opening where the barrier is breached. You put on a product with um, uh, E. coli or Pseudomonas or S. aeruginosa. These are all pathogenic bacteria. They are disease-causing. And you can actually get staph infections from your products. Yep. Have you seen that, Dr. Vicki? Definitely irritation from products, Mm -hmm. which may be related to overgrowth of bugs. But I'm a fan of preservatives. I mean, I... I love it that you are developing newer, safer preservatives, mm-hmm. and I'm sort of torn on the whole paraben thing. I mean, I have products with parabens, but I do like it when I don't see it on the list because I've also been brainwashed to think that they're bad. But, you know, are they, they're not bad. They keep the products, you know, preserved. Yeah. But I also really have been trying to go through my products these days. Yeah, yeah. I don't want the stacks and stacks in my drawers. I'm a little bit, you know, like minimalistic these days, so I'm really trying to do one thing at a time and right. use it up. Yeah. Okay, so me um, too. Finally, yeah, I, I think idea. I think it's very important for people to, when they buy a product, unless they hate their product, like use it up all the way, so you know that if it works or not. Like use the whole bottle. Right. Don't go for a week. Bottom of the jar. Yeah, all yeah. the way till the end of the jar, and then make a decision if you like it or not. And Trina is really good about that when. You have yeah. a facial with Trina, and you're interested in something. She won't let you buy it. She just use up what you have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. You don't I'm push. like, when you're done with the bottle like that, that you're using, then we'll get you on a new product. That's right. Yeah. Okay, well, um, thank you for this introduction to preservatives, and we will continue on episode 21A on a mini. Um, we're going to... We're going to... Two more minutes? You have two, one more thing to say? Rebecca has mascara. one more thing to say. It has to do with mascara. Since we were going to okay. talk about shelf life, okay. I wanted to give some shelf lives. Okay. Okay. So if you have a container that's a wide mouth jar, uh-huh. that is going to last you about three months. If you have an airless pump, it's going to last about six months. 
If you have something with a lot of headspace, it's going to last you about one to three months, depending upon the preservation. If you're using mascara, what do we do when the mascara starts to wear down or it's too thick? We turn on the tap water, we put it underneath there, we run water in it a lot of times because we want to save money, and then we pump with the brush. When you pump with the brush, you're getting in air. You're getting in contaminants. When you put the water in there, you're putting in bugs from the water. There's over 136 contaminants in the Los Angeles water supply alone. So you're I've putting those in your before. I know I a don't lot either. of people I don't that put water have. In my mask. Well, you guys, you know, your product people savvy people. Yeah, your product savvy. But a lot of people think that it's okay. Wow. And so I used to appear on television a lot talking about just this, and you would be surprised wow. at how many people we get calling in that were shocked about that. They could get an eye infection, huh? They could go blind. Oh, oh my goodness. There's that oh, word Oh, there's again. that blind again. Yeah. I'm just never going to use anything ever again. So <laughs> you want to make sure I'm gonna that crawl into here's a some tips on keeping product longevity, not just the refrigerator, which is okay, but little to no headspace. Okay, no air. Uh, you want an opaque container rather than a clear one because the product reacts to light and, um, and also air, but to light. A tube, not a wide mouth jar. Even a pump is, is better than a wide mouth jar. And approximately the size for three months of use. Now, if you're at a warehouse store and you buy 24 ounces of a product, if you have five people in the family and you're all using that product, that's a buy. But if there's one of you, probably not going to last. Don't buy the It's going to last longer than it is safe. So smell the product. If it smells different than it smelled when you got it, it's no longer good. What about like a jar of, um, what is it, CeraVe? Um, mm -hmm. Body moisturizer, so you're not putting it on your face. It's just going in your body. Do you have skin on your body? Yeah. Okay. I have skin on my body. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so you know, if, that's a wide mouth jar too. That's a wide mouth jar. You know, too. you wouldn't have that in your home. A wide mouth jar. I would have a wide mouth jar. I just, just want to make it sure it's preserved properly. Cerave is preserved. probably preserved. Yeah. Properly. So you're talking yeah. about the shelf life of things that are not properly preserved. Right. Or. Uh, wanting the product to last longer than three months after I open it. Got it. So the CeraVe yeah. body lotion that's in a jar, you should also use it up in three months? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Or so you buy can call a smaller the company container. and check if you want to. <laughs> but, you know, you can do that too. I'm saying in general. I can't yeah. speak for specific companies. Interesting. But you also want to check the actual product. If there's anything green and fuzzy or black <laughs> and fuzzy or white and fuzzy with water or liquid around it, the white or yellow with liquid is fungus. The green, brown, or um, black is mold. And if it smells bad and it looks like it's got a little bit of fluid on the top, um, that's bacteria. Okay. Viruses, you can't tell if they're in there or not. But viruses also spread through product. So sometimes I notice when I, uh, if I haven't used a tube uh -huh. of something in a long time, sometimes when I open it and Squeeze it, liquid will come out first. Because it's settled. It's the separated. The product's settled, separated. Yeah, it's Is separated. That bad? Yeah, 
that's bad because the preservative system rests in the water phase, not in the oil phase. Remember when you make a, an emulsion or a cream, you're marrying oil and water, just like if you're making mayonnaise or something. Mm -hmm. So you want to marry that oil and water. The preservatives live in the water phase, not the oil phase. So if the product separates, the, the preservatives have gone into the water phase. And so where the water and the oil meet, that's called the interface, they're no longer effective, and you can get a breeding ground there. So yeah, that's not good. Dang. I've definitely put stuff on my face like that. Yeah, I wouldn't do it. All right. Unless it's just like a little tiny bit because it's been in the little neck of the tube. Mm -hmm. Squeeze out enough for the stuff to come out of the neck. It, you might also get some hardness there mm -hmm. from oxidation, from yeah. air hardening it. So squeeze enough out. If the product is no longer separated after that, then it's okay. Okay. All right. Well, um, good to know. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for asking. All right. It's much more complex and, and involved than what everybody thinks. Yeah, it's a, yeah. it's amazing. Should we do some takeaways? Let's, Let's do that. Let's do some takeaways. And then we're going to get back to some, we're going to dive a little deeper into some ingredients, uh, preservative ingredients in episode 21A. You can join me, Trina, and Rebecca in the next episode. Yeah, we'll be talking about parabens and the most common allergens in cosmetics, which some people think are parabens, but it's not. Ooh, fun. I can't wait. All right, so my takeaway today is uh, use up your products. So don't buy a new serum every other week because it's on sale or because you think it's cute or whatever. Just use what you're using and then buy a new one. Use it up. My takeaway is that the minute you open up a product, it's already contaminated. But I agree with <laughs> Trina. Um, yeah, it's actually great to use up what you have. Really, really very, it's very, I'm going to go home and throw everything away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My takeaway from today is that I am going to go home and throw about 30 different tubes <laughs> away that I, I guess I feel felt comfort in having them there. And if I'm not going to use them, I'm just going to throw them away. I'm not even going to give them away, throw them away and buy new stuff and use it. And I'm ne I've never been afraid of preservatives and I'm definitely still not afraid of them after this talk on molds and bacteria and viruses that the preservatives help kill. And I'm not going to do a takeaway. I'm going to do one last thing. And that is when you get your products, take a Sharpie and write on the bottom of the product uh, the date that you bought it. That way you'll have your own freshness date. Okay. That's a good one. That's so good. All right, ladies. Well, thanks for joining us. Um, I did That's say on the idea. next episode, uh, mini episode 21A on pres preservatives, but um, our next like big episode is on commode. <laughs> Comedogenicity. <laughs> thank <Commodes>. you. Comedogenicity. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Dr. Vicki. <laughs> Yes, that's what we'll be talking about Comedo next. So we'll see you on the next episode. Bye, ladies. Bye. 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 This podcast is so needed in the world right now. There is so much information out there that it's hard to know who to believe and if it's right for you. We are very excited to be your guides and bring you Facially Conscious. 
You can find info we talked about today in our show notes and on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. Please subscribe, like, and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. This helps others find us. And if you have any questions or ideas, please send us an email at info at facially conscious.com. <laughs>